horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. All right, it's our special Kentucky Derby, Kentucky Oak Show broadcast from Louisville, Kentucky, under the shadows of the Twin Spires. A great day here at Churchill Downs. The sun was shining. A little bit balmy for this time of year. It's usually not this warm. Uh, the workouts were magnificent. You could just be there in your shirt sleeves. And uh, all of the uh, the, the contenders, uh, except for Daddy Longlegs, uh, were out on the track and uh, really made a picture of themselves. We'll be giving a report on that a little bit later. Uh, we're going to have our go-to guys and a gal later in the show. We're going to kick it off with two-time Eclipse Award-winning writer Jenny Reese, who has the beat and the soul and the heart of the backstretch of Churchill Downs. She'll be uh, coming on with us here at Winning Ponies. And then after that, we're going to go out to Vegas and see what's happening out there, what the odds makers are doing with our friend Rich Ng from the Las Vegas Review and Journal. And then the man I admire in handicapping, the one, the only, Ed Meyer, handicapper extraordinaire. So that's the lineup for today. Let's take a look at some of the names and happenings in the news. Well, uh, looks like we lost a tough, consistent, and classy sire. And speaking of Derby, he was the sire of Barbaro. And we reported two weeks ago that Dinah Former uh, was retired from stud duty after suffering a heart attack on April 14th. Sad to say, he uh, he died on uh, April 29th at the age of 27. Certainly uh, blessed with a lot of stamina, and so were his offspring. He has son of Roberto. Uh, he started out at $5,000 stud fee. What a testimony to his success. He ended up standing for $150,000 this year. Uh, some of his uh, top offspring, certainly one from down under, uh, winner of the Melbourne Cup, uh, Americane was the name of the horse, was named the champion stayer in Europe and Australia in the same year. Other sons and daughters of Dynaformer included uh, Grade 1 Perfect Drift and the European champion two-year-old Philly Rainbow View. Of course, uh, Barbaro, probably his most famous offspring. A lot of people don't know Dynaformer was uh, trained by D. Wayne Lucas. Uh, he won seven of 30 career starts during a three-year racing career, uh, Top wins came in the 1988 Jersey Derby and the Discovery Handicap, and he will be buried in the Three Chimneys Stallion Cemetery next to Rahi and Wild again. Now, in some history-making news, uh, it goes on for those with good taste in horse racing. Black Caviar, unbelievable, April 28th, recorded her 20th consecutive win over in the Sangster Stakes. Uh, the uh, legend in the making is just absolutely unbelievable. With that victory, the 2011 Australian Horse of the Year now sports a perfect record of 20 wins in as many starts, including 10 Group 1 wins, which eclipses the Australian record for consecutive wins held earlier in the 20th century for in the Southern Hemisphere Desert Gold, and Gloaming. And also, you may recall, horses by the name of Pepper's Pride and Zenyatta 
black caviar now passes those two. Well, sometimes uh, on the uh, You Heard It Here first uh, portion of the show, we had on, uh, oh, I think it was about two months ago, a gentleman by the name of Milton Toby. Well, uh, we talked about uh, Milton Toby's book, Dancer's Image, the forgotten story of the 1968 Kentucky Derby. Well, he went on and did win the Dr. Tony Ryan Book Award. Originally, this was called the Castleton Lions Thoroughbred Times Book Award. Uh, it was renamed in 2008 to honor the memory of Dr. Tony Ryan, the founder of Castleton Lions. And so congratulations to Milt Toby. As I told you, I first met him as a photographer. Uh, he was a shooter for uh, the Blood Horse for many, many years, and uh, then uh, went over did some work with Soldier of Fortune, and that's when he said, John, time to get out of this business. Uh, when people are shooting at you, you've got to find something else to do. So he's in Lexington now. He's an attorney. And, again, uh, he has written the award-winning Dancer's Image, the Forgotten Story of the 1968 Kentucky Derby winner. And he uh, passed that along uh, to us, the information about that book. Congratulations to Milt Toby, and thanks for being on Winning Ponies. All right, some more good news for racing. We like to hear this. Both Oaklawn Park and Keeneland concluded their meets with impressive increases in handle and attendance, and Keeneland smashed several longstanding records. All I can say is I think that this bodes well for racing. We've seen uh, many, many meets recently that have finished on an upswing. So hang in there, folks. Uh, hopefully the Sport of Kings is coming back here in North America. Well, again, uh, uh, got to take in just an absolutely gorgeous day here at Churchill Downs. Uh, the track was tight and fast, and uh, some of the uh, gallopers, I should say, uh, nobody really put in any serious work, uh, went a little bit early in the morning, but the majority of them come out after a break uh, about 8.45, and it's kind of reserved just for Oaks and Derby horses, which is nice because there's not a lot of traffic around there, and you really get a good view of these horses. So I'll give you just a little bit of view of the ones that, that I got to catch, and we'll take it you know, from the inside out. As you know, post positions and odds maker Mike Battaglia have made the line. So uh, we'll take uh, Daddy Longlegs. As I said, uh, he's the European horse. Uh, he didn't ship in until uh, midweek. So uh, he has been in quarantine and haven't had a chance to see him. So Daddy Longlegs is going to get a chance, I believe, tomorrow to uh, stretch his legs a little bit. He's going to be a bit of a long shot through that inside post. I don't think that's going to help him. Uh, then there was uh, Optimizer. D-Way Lucas was out there on his pony watching Optimizer go. It, w- it was a steady work, but, of course, he's a, he's a come-from-behind horse, so you're not going to really ask him for any speed, but the horse did look good. Horse that uh, impressed me was uh, Take Charge Indy, a recent winner of the Florida Derby. Calvin Burrell will ride. Calvin Burrell was up uh, on Take Charge Indy this morning for trainer Patrick Byrne. And uh, this horse is really cool, calm, and collected. Uh, Calvin brought him over to the rail and was posing him for pictures. Something spooked him a little bit. And right after that, he just kind of got back to himself. Uh, went back, watched him take his bath, and boy, when he hears a camera click, this horse is a ham. He was totally within himself. He looked great. Take charge, Indy. Could be interesting because it looks like uh, uh, Bull Rail will get the rail because neither Daddy Longlegs or Optimizer, I don't believe, want any part of the lead. So once again, we could have a mind that bird upset. Take charge, Indy. 
15 to 1 in the morning line. That was Union Rags, and this is just a beautiful, beautiful horse. As you know, if not for maybe a bit of a wide race, uh, he could have been last year's two-year-old champion. Uh, looked very good uh, going around. Of course, he's uh, trained by Michael Matz of Barbaro fame. Uh, as he came off the track, looked just a little bit tired. It could have been the heat. I don't know. But nonetheless, Union Rags has his record of one point. $1 million behind him, and he will probably vie for favoritism in the Derby. Then there was uh, uh, Dullahan was out there, and this horse really uh, looked great. He's a pitcher of health, a kind of hide-striding horse. He's a big horse, and I want to thank again uh, Jerry Crawford, who called in to Winning Ponies last week uh, to tell us about Dullahan. Uh, he's going to have work cut out for him in a 20-horse field. I think he's going to drop back a little bit, and he's never really shown that dirt is his preference. So uh, we'll see if uh, Dillahan and Kent DeSormo can get to the winner's circle on the first Saturday in May. Uh, Bodie Meister, well, I talked about the, the break that they have. After the uh, break, he was the very first horse to come back out on the track. Uh, Bob Baffert, uh, as always, seemed uh, very, very confident uh, in his horse. And uh, Bodie Meister, he looked good. He strode out, and again, nobody really asked for too much. It was just kind of a workmanlike uh, move. Uh, Rousing Sermon, uh, a long shot from uh, the the Hollendorfer barn. Uh, to be honest with you, I don't know which way I was looking, but I did not see him unless he went out earlier in the day, and um, and that's why I missed him. Uh, then we've got uh, Creative Cause, Creative Cause, who is set at 6-1, to one, considered one of the favorites in here. He had a minor foot issue when he flew in, and I guess really hasn't done too much. Uh, creative Cause, he's a, he's a gray colt by Giants Causeway, so uh, certain you know that he can get the distance. Who'll forget Tis Now and Giants Causeway in the Breeders' Cup Classic? Just fantastic race. Uh, Trinenberg, well... <laughs> Mike Watchmaker last week, uh, I'm just still telling this story, you know, he said, I don't think Trinenberg could get a mile and a quarter if they let him cut across the infield. All I can tell you is this, that Trinenberg is a very good-looking colt. Uh, he looked good out on the track. He'd be going for his third straight graded win, Willie Martinez, morning line, 50-1. to 1. Then we got uh, Daddy Knows Best, uh, a horse, uh, who uh, won the Sunland Derby last time. Of course, he won't have Julian Le Peru in the saddle anymore. Garrett Gomez is going to ride him. Uh, Daddy Knows Best looked very nice out on the track, very confident. And, uh, again, uh, the race that Mind That Bird came out of at the Sunland Park Derby, uh, Steve Asmussen trains. Again, Gomez gets the call. Daddy Knows Best installed at 15-1. to 1. Uh, Then we have... Uh, Alpha, who looked very strong, very smooth. His coat was shining, uh, nice fluid stride. As you recall, uh, Alpha, of course, was the horse that was closing so well on Gemologist in the Wood Memorial after he was steadied on the first turn and, and went a little bit wide. But uh, as those that watched that race, Gemologist kind of looked him in the eye and found another gear as they headed home in the Million Dollar Wood Memorial. Uh, perspective, a 30-to-1 long shot, another horse that, honestly, I did not catch today. Not sure exactly when he went out or if I was looking in the other direction watching another horse. Now, here's a long shot for you. Went the day well, was installed at 20-to-1. I don't think he's going to go off at 20-to-1, to be honest with you, just because of his connections. Uh, Team Valor and Graham Motion, uh, 
you know, they find these horses that are made to go a mile and a quarter. Uh, the Animal Kingdom connections certainly know what they're doing. Now, what's interesting is they are being allowed to put blinkers on when the day well. Often, you cannot make an equipment change after a winning effort, uh, but in this case, you can. Went the day well, of course, won the spiral stakes on Polytrack after breaking his maiden at Gulfstream Park. So he's got a lot of similarities to Animal Kingdom and uh, went the day well, went very well over the track. Now for the uh, interesting report, uh, number 14, Hanson, who you know will be installed as probably one of the favorites because of all the Kentucky crowd, 10 to 1 on the line right now. He was uh, full of himself. Uh, There's a fine line between being full of yourself and being nervous, and uh, they actually had to use the outrider to kind of cool him down. Uh, He was pretty hot when he came out on the track today, uh, and as I spoke to you two weeks ago, he broke off from the bluegrass post-parade and uh, looked a little bit too much on the muscle. Whether or not that cost him in that final furlong, we don't know. Uh, then we come up on a gemologist who will break from the 15 hole. Now, Hanson will be the last horse in the first gate. Gemologist will be the first horse in the next gate. He looked fantastic. Uh, just a really good-looking horse, very professional. El Padrino, great, big, nice, long stride. He, 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 he looked good. I think he might like the mile and a quarter. You're getting 20 to 1 and Rafael Bejarano up. Uh, after that... Uh, done talking, not much to say about him, just workmanlike. Sabercat, uh, who really Im- impressed me this morning. This uh, Sabercat really looked good, uh, and he is uh, going to be uh, starting out the odds at 30 to 1. Quite impressive, to be honest with you. Um, after Sabercat, we had I'll Have Another, who won the Santa Anita Derby, and uh, he uh, looks really good, was on the bit, you know, strong gallops, you know, what can I say? Then breaking from the outside, liaison, not every day Bob Baffert sends a 50-to-1 shot to post. Uh, liaison uh, went very well, went back to the barn, watched him cooled out. He was an extremely cool, calm, and professional uh, individual. Well, that was pretty much a look at the today's action here at Churchill Downs. Real quick, uh, with uh, Mike Watchmaker last week, uh, the horses we handicapped in the Cliffs Edge Derby trial. The winner was Hierro, who paid $12 to win with Julian Lay Peru up. It seems like he's riding winners every day, every way. Second was Painter, the eventual favorite, and third was Steelcase, 14 to 1 long shot. Then uh, Mike and I looked at the uh, Westchester. This was a laugher. Bill Mott has to honor and serve all wound up. He is going to be a big factor in the handicap ranks this year. And the Lone Star Texas Mile, it was endorsement, who was the second choice at 5-2, to two, Robbie Alvarado making the trip and making it a good one. Well, like I said, we've got some of the best people in racing going to help us handicap. And like I said, the girl who's the heart, the soul, the voice of the backstretch at Churchill Downs, Jenny Reese, will be joining us in just a minute here on Winning Ponies. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. And they're off. 
What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form, the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. Your internet flagship station for sports. America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. And with me, one of my favorite guests. I told you at the top of the show that I'm using my go-to guys and a gal, and we're going to go ladies first here. Of course, I'm being a Kentucky gentleman down here in Louisville under the uh, the twin spires here at Churchill Downs. And with me, two-time Eclipse Award winner and the beat writer for the Louisville Courier-Journal, the one, the only, Jenny Reese. Jenny, how are you doing? I'm doing great, John. Well, uh, what, what, what happens on Sunday? I mean, do you ever even get out of bed, or do you just collapse? Well, yeah, I've got to write a follow-up. I have to write a, follow, a couple follow-ups. Who's going to the Preakness? And follow-up stuff about the Derby winner. Can they win the Triple Crown? We got No matter who, if it's my never, we got to think you can win the Triple Crown. No, I don't know what they're going to say, no, but we got to do it. So then about 3 o'clock when I'm done, I crash and I burn. We might even have a little crawfish boil. Oh, yeah, and I know you, you're married to the right guy that knows how to put one of those together. They had one today um, back there, and, uh, of course, I was too busy working all day. I'm still, in fact, up in the press box. I'm working on my final uh, edition of why horses can win and why they can't win and trying to find some you know, little interesting facts about um, different horses. But uh, I tell you, you out there this morning, and it was packed. Out there, wasn't it? It just—it was really, really crowded out there. People on the backside. And yeah, it was. This it was definitely. Really, I mean to say, this has become more you know day at the races too. The crowd—I don't know what the attendance was. Churchill doesn't announce it, but it was a uh, you know a lot of people here. You can't hardly get open tickets anymore. So now it's Thursday is Louisville Day at the races. <laughs> yeah, they've had to move you back. Well, I know they're forcing a lot of people to buy, uh, the, you know, the the, the two ticket package. Well, Jenny, you know, obviously, uh, you know, you you live not very far from the track. I know that uh, you, your your husband's a trainer, uh, Pat Dupe. Uh, so you're back there. You know, you're seeing everything that's going on. Just kind of, you know, tell us the, the the story. Is there? There's no. In my opinion, there's no like now horse. There's no horse that anybody's keying on. So you're probably running all over the place. There's probably stories galore. Right. Well, you you know that's one of the uh, cool things about this derby is these horses have been so consistent. I think they're really good horses. I don't think you have a superstar but unless it's Brody Meister. If he goes on and he can be the only the second ever unraced two year old in his fifth career start to you know come back with another huge effort after winning the Arkansas Derby by nine and a half lengths with a 108 buyer, the highest of any three-old this year. He can come back and do that in three weeks, and, you know, he's a superstar. Uh, but other than that, I think it's just some really well-matched horses are very consistent and who also are 
a lot of them, which doesn't always happen, bred for a mile and a quarter, by the way. They stayed in one piece. The amazing stat is 9 out of 13 breeds from juvenile starters are here. So like you say, what you got to do without one horse to concentrate on, you got to really try to concentrate on them all. And ever since buying that bird, won that 50 to 1 in 2009, you <laughs> don't dare ignore a horse completely. And I will say, we're actually lucky the week before Derby Week, which is when we try to write stories about horses that we know we probably don't have room to get in Derby Week. You know, we actually had a you know story on Chip Willie, this guy from New Mexico that was on crutches that drove his horse all the way from right. Sutherland Park. Uh, yeah, and there were some you know some good stories there. So you know, uh, but a lot some of these horses that come in late, like the Dunn Talkings that won the Illinois Derby, you don't really necessarily know their story going in, so you go try to find out. And it used to be. Almost all the derby horses were in two barns, 41 and 42. Now, you know, a, lot, a number of the trainers, they have um, either their own stables here, like um, Dale Rowlands, um, and so their horses in their barn, or like Todd Fletcher, who has had a stable here, but it's not this year. They're bringing in so many other horses for the other stakes that they get, you know, a half of a barn someplace else. So you can't just concentrate on a couple barns. And you're going from, you know, one end of the, the barn area, which is, you know, the quarantine barn, where um, and that's the one horse we haven't seen yet is Daddy, Daddy Long Legs. And I'm just hoping I don't call Daddy Long Legs. Daddy knows best. I know. <laughs> I've confused him myself. Yeah. I, I, I also Daddy think I dropped a pound or two trying to cover the backstretch myself today. Oh, yeah, and I borrowed a friend's Mel uh, Sher's golf cart today, which was, very, you know, that was very helpful, except I'm not a very good um golf cart driver. Oh, oh we put any dents in Merrill's uh, golf cart or anything? I, yeah, he, he, I said, Dad, can I have the keys? <laughs> <laughs> he, they weren't using it, so he was kind enough to let me use it. But, you know, Doug O'Neill's up in Dale's barn, too, and, and um, right up there is um, Doug talking. So, yeah, you're, you're going all over from, from one to the other. And it is helpful as far as watching the training that so many of them go out at 830. That's that's really good. And then you can also catch it 12 on HRTV, you know, their their video of morning training. Um, but this morning, a couple of horses, Steve asked me, since I missed him this morning, we've had to do something with a photographer someplace else on the track. And I didn't get to see the um, uh, Steve Asmussen horses go. But I know they've looked, I've seen them, you know, train, you know, several days this week. And, and they do indeed look um look very good. I think they're both live long shots for sure. And well, I, I think, think you can find live long shots in, in, in both the, the featured races. Just real quickly, obviously the concentration's on the Derby, uh, but uh, can you just kind of, you know, in, in a minute, give me your your overview of, of the Kentucky Oaks, Jenny? Yeah, you know, I like a 15-to-1 shot, and why not? Michael Matt, um, who, of course, would try to win the double with um, um, Union Rag. And why not? She didn't run you know, that well, I think she was seventh in her last start at Gulfstream Park, but that was a speed-favoring track. I'm willing to, you know, I'm much more willing to throw out a, a last bad race for an Oaks horse than for a Derby horse. And I don't know why that is, except just sort of the stats back that up. But she's beautifully bred for a mile and eight. I have a great King Ranch family. She was a good second, real good second to Pocahontas here last fall, around one turn. She's still bred for two turns. I think the race sets up for closer. She has a good post kind of at what middle of the pack. Um, on Fire Baby, who's certainly the sentimental favorite of all the locals here, um, 
she drew the rail, and I don't think that's going to be the best spot for her in a you know fourteen horse field. But the trainer Gary Red Dog Hartwich is is um, been extremely high on her. Just you know, talking the way you know, almost going out on a limb, like you wouldn't think. You know, it's not really characteristic of him at all. Uh-huh. Um, and then Grace Hall, I think she's you know going to be tough. She's a very nice, honest filly. So. Those are the three I'm looking at in that well, race. Let's, I'm let's, going to play some doubles to the Derby with them. There you go. Well, listen, let, speaking of the Derby, let's let's move to the Derby where, where you're going to have a, a packed full field. You've been there. To, you, you've talked to the trainers. You know who's confident. You've watched them train. You know how to handicap. Uh, who rises to the top in here, Jenny? Yeah, you know what? I think the worst tough is that the Florida horses and um, Alpha didn't get in until late. So we haven't, didn't get to see them work. But I actually... I actually end up when I had to put the gun to my head to come up with something. This, today I picked two horses that that came in. That, you know, take charge Indian gemologist that came in late. Paul Meadows has an amazing stat. Five of the last six Derby winners have trained at Paul Meadows over the the winter. But take charge Indy. I know you saw him out there this morning. I think he's you know he's absolutely bred for the mile and a quarter. Um, I think that he's getting a little bit of a bad rap. People think he has to have the leads to win because he went wide around the Florida Derby, but that was just more of a matter. Nobody else won the lead, and Calvin Burrell took what they gave him. Um, and he's going to get the rail because he's got no speed inside him. We talked about that earlier. Right. The speed will clear him. And he, you know, Calvin's thinking he'll be about eight or ten lengths off the pace. But he'll be on the wood. And he, and he'll be on the wood, and then it's, you know, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. And, you know, we hear about Calvin when he gets through. Um, you know, one of these days he's not going to get through, but still, if you if you Going to get the ground sk- skimming trip, the, the jock that you want to be able to try to get through there is going to certainly be Calvin. And speaking of amazing stats, it, it would be four out of his last six, which is sort of pretty unbelievable. Gemologist, he's looked really good, and he's, you know, two for two at the track here, um, bred for the distance. Jade Castellanos as hot as any jockey in the country. Um, uh, you know, he just hasn't really been all that battle-tested, I don't think, even though, I mean, the Wood Memorial ended up being a close race with Alpha. I like the but, way he rebroke, though, when Alpha came to him. Yes, he did. He did, and I think the fact that there's extra speed up front is really going to help him. That, you know, I think they said he was kind of like waiting on horses and looking around and stuff. He's going to have something carrying him a lot farther than he had in the Wood Memorial. But I think it was kind of interesting. He's raced five times and only been in two stakes races, but this came forth. You know, they started it out in an allowance race, um, you know, one-turn mile. So, you know, far be it for me to second-guess uh, Todd Fletcher or Windstar Farm. But, you know, I mean, you just have to make decisions. He just came home a little slower in the Wood Memorial than I like to see. I'm a, You know, I look at the final eighth and the final three-eighths times. Um, of course, Union, I mean, Union Rags. Union Rags actually did come in, you know, finished well, too. Um, and we Kingdom last year. He, he came home slow in the spiral, and I threw him out, even though friends of mine, you know, just that saw him work the week before the derby, um, you know, loaded up on him, and people I really respect, you know, trainers, you know, floor, you know, that he was he was the play, and I just, you know, I got caught up in this strategy I have. The problem this year is, if you have a horse, the wow work, the wow work was probably Bodemeister, but I just... You know, I'm throwing him out. He's either going to win, I think, or, you know, not hit the board. Right. Um, 
I might, you know, you know, he could beat me. You know, you just got to make decisions. Hanson, I'm not sure what to do. I think Hanson, um, I'd love to see him in part, I got to admit, because... Oh, not yeah, not he's been pretty well connected with the Louisville Courier-Journal of late. We have this blog going at slash Hanson. There's this great blog that, that you know, um, several of the owners and the woman that ra- fold them and raised them on our farm in Oldham County, uh, um, you know, participating is like the best we've ever done on something like this. But I just think the speed scenario, like you were saying, he was kind of on the engine and his galloping and stuff. Can they get him... You know, make makers hoping that the fact he raced three weeks ago, where it was six weeks between the um, Gotham and the Bluegrass, will make him less keen. And being outside sure helps. It would have been a killer if he'd had the rail, and he would have had to kind oh, of yeah. go to make it would have, sure. It would have been looking at Lucky all over again. Right, absolutely. So, but, you know, Daddy knows best. Um, I think he's maybe about the biggest price horse that if he won, wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me. Um, just sort of looking at my picks. I think prospective. He's trained really well. I don't think he's quite good enough to win, but he's going to be coming. And if he hits the board at a big price, he's thirty to one in the line. He'll be every bit of that, I believe. Um, you know, I, I, that would not surprise me. I think he's somebody that I got to play deep in the in the gimmicks. And the horse I liked until he drew post nineteen was the San Anita Derby winner. I'll have another. And I, um, they were putting a good face on it, saying, you know, the speed will clear, and then he'll be able to get over, and blah, blah, and he'll be better relaxing. And I was buying it, and then I realized that two years ago, my pick was Cindy's Candy. Now, different horses, certainly. Cindy's Candy was, you know, more of a miler, really got caught up in a, you know, fast pace, and just, you know, he, he beat like one or two horses, and so I keep kind of remembering that. I don't know about those real extreme outside posts. I know there was Big Brown, but Big Brown, in 2008, when he broke from post 20 and won, um, that was that was a down year, as Big Brown's trainer kept reminding us about the other horses in the race, that they weren't, you know, that good. Well, Jenny, all I could say is, uh, I wish you luck in the in the next four days, and I hope you get a couple of days of sleep when when your when your Sunday final is over after a good crawfish boiled, well deserved. Uh, you're 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 one of the the stars of racing riding. You're 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 upbeat, but you tell it like it is. I know there's sometimes you probably wonder whether or not you'd be getting your press pass back from, from Churchill Downs, but you, you don't pull any punches. And I think that's why everybody likes you is because of your honesty in racing. And I see you on the backstretch, and it doesn't matter when I see you or, or who I see you with. They are so receptive because they know you, you are going to give an, an honest story of, of what they told you. And I just I admire your writing. I admire your attitude. And I'm glad to consider you a friend, and I wish you the best in the days ahead. Gosh, it's thanks, John, for that. You know, but yeah, I get it. Maybe I get a little bit. Let's see if I. I hope I don't bounce going into the treat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's two-time Eclipse Award-winning writer Jenny Reese. You can catch her in the Louisville Courier-Journal, so go online and read it. Uh, been keeping a great blog with uh, Dr. Kendall Hansen and all the stories behind the white thoroughbred that will be going to post is probably one of the top four favorites in the Kentucky Derby. So with, with, with Jenny gone, we're going to take a little break, and when we come back, we're going to have my man from the Las Vegas Review-Journal, Riching on Winning Ponies. 
flagship station for sports voice america sports and they're off what can't make it to the track you can still get all the action with winningponies.com the home of the easy win form the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds quarters and arabian horses at most american and canadian tracks whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Pascal, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. Your Internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, I'm back here with one of my go-to guys uh, very uh, intelligent, informative. Uh, he's uh, does uh, radio. He, he's helped with television production. Uh, he also uh, wrote a book that was dedicated to me called "Handicapping for Dummies." <laughs> he's a writer for the Las Vegas Review Journal. With us for this next segment, Richard Eng. Rich, how you doing? Hey, real good, John. Yeah, we've uh, we've shared a lot of good times together. When I was at Turfway, you were at River Downs, and. <laughs> And also, uh, you know, we saw each other every year at the Kentucky Derby. This was always a it was always a fun time of year to be down in Louisville. Absolutely, a holy race of obligation. But uh, nonetheless, <laughs> yeah. uh, your your travels and racing have taken you to a lot of places. And uh, the last couple of years, you, you you've landed, or for quite a while now, uh, you've been out there in Las Vegas. Uh, what's it? Does the Derby mean anything out there? Or is there just so much gambling? It's just another bet. No, it's a good question, John. I've been out here since 1998, and you know one thing I've learned about uh, uh, Las Vegas is that there's a there's actually a really good history uh, of betting on the horses out here. Uh, you know, for for many years, it was just book bets because there was no paramutual. But then, even when the paramutual swung into existence out here, it just made the uh, the books uh, kind of safer to to take the action because they weren't going to get uh, steamed by anything. Uh, everything just went into the paramutual into the same pot. And uh, you know, there's a there's a beauty of paramutual betting in the fact that uh, mathematically, uh, if you're in a casino out here or a race book, uh, you can root for every one of your customers to win because you're you're taking money out of the out of the pot and not amongst each other. So it's actually a real positive thing. And uh, one thing I've certainly learned quickly out here is that. Uh, Kentucky Derby Day is one of the biggest gambling days uh, of the entire year. Everybody Great. becomes a horse racing fan for the weekend, and uh, all the casinos, uh, whether it's on the Strip or the locals, they all go out of their way to do promotions and extra special things for the race fans. And uh, it's it's really uh, it's really a great vibe. I know I lit off my Friday column last week with the fact that um, if you can't be at Churchill Downs for the Kentucky Derby in person, I think the second best place to be is right here in Vegas and, and one of our fine race books. Well, Rich, I wanted to ask you uh, now, you know, on the, the Super Bowl, you can bet on, you know, uh, the coin flip or, or the first team that's going to kick a field goal. <laughs> do, do they have any other k- kind of side bets with the Kentucky Derby? Yeah, they have props, and not as many as the Super Bowl because the Super Bowl, uh, uh, 
there are some of the casinos offer just dozens of pages of prop bets on team individuals, you know, you name it, the, the coin flip, uh, the length of the uh, national anthem being sung, <laughs> that kind of stuff. <laughs> but uh, they, 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 we're not as mature for the props as uh, the uh, Super Bowl, the NFL, but the, I know Johnny Avello put out about three or four pages uh uh, over at uh, Win Las Vegas, and you know one of them that that I follow every year. And when you think about it, John, uh, he, he's had to have kept every dollar bet. Is uh, you know will there be a triple crown winner? And obviously we haven't had one since '78 with a firm, right? And uh, the odds the odds offered are approximately six to one. And when you think about it, we haven't had one in what uh, was it 34 years? Uh, uh, if you keep '78 with Coffin and affirmed. Yeah, if you keep the, all the all the six to one bets, uh, you haven't had to pay out. And the reverse, the no was one to eight, so you'll take that bet all the time because that's such a minuscule payoff. Well, you know, you know, we're, we're looking at at a field in this year's Derby where uh, they've just. Uh, it, certainly in, in my life, I can't recall such a consistent bunch of two-year-olds that became consistent three-year-olds. And do you think that that, again, would put the Triple Crown in jeopardy because there's so much talent there? And as you know, the Derby's not always won by the best horse, but maybe the horse that got the best trip that day. Uh, or do you think if all of a sudden Bodie Meister just goes, you know, eyeballs out that we're looking at another potential Triple Crown winner? Well, you know, the, the consistency of the group is, is really great uh, to have so many horses come out of the Breeders' Cup Juvenile do well as three-year-olds. And, in fact, most of the field made it into the Kentucky Derby, which is just mind-boggling when you compare what's happened in, what's happened in recent history with the Breeders' Cup Juvenile field. There, there have been some years when only uh, one, two, three horses have made it to the Derby. Now we've got, I think, ten of the uh, juveniles from last year are in the Derby, and nine of them won great at stakes as three-year-olds. That's really, really uh, high grades for that generation. And, uh, you know, as far as how it might affect the trying to win the the Triple Crown, i, I got to think it makes it harder, John, because you know, most of these horses are pretty evenly matched. I think they've all taken turns winning the three-year-old preps, so you don't have anybody you steamroll through. And I know Bodie Meister is the closest to it, but, you know, while he's the favorite and he's probably going to be a solid favorite uh uh, the betters at Churchill Downs. I mean, when he was in California, he got beat by Creative Cause. So, you know, it shows uh, uh, he was big on Arkansas Derby Day, but that doesn't mean he's going to be big on Kentucky Derby Day three weeks later. A- a- absolutely. Well, listen, let's uh, you know, we've got we got the f- the field of 20 unless uh, something happens and my Adonis sneaks in. Um, g- give me your uh, y- your, you know, Look at this year's Derby. Obviously, it, it's a tough one, and I think there, there's money to be made if you come up with the top three. Yeah, there, there's no question. You know, if you look at the the payoffs from the past years of the Kentucky Derby, uh, you know, or the you know when you think about it, John, the whole Kentucky Derby card, and the same with the Oaks card tomorrow, you just have to be right a couple of times during the course of the day. And I mean, if you're boxing exactas or trifectas. If you're, if you're, you might you might make money if you're right once, <laughs> because the payouts are so enormous. And you know the thing with the Kentucky Derby, I, I know there's no ten cent supers on Derby Day, but the, I know the super has always paid like six figures or, or high five figures. So if somebody's able to, to put the lasso the right horses in the first four positions, you're going to be you're going to be taking out your driver's license. It'd be like hitting a lottery, you know. Well, you're the horse racing so, uh, rider, and you're the handicapper. Uh, show me where uh, your pen landed on the daily racing floor. 
<laughs> well, I, you know, I, I write a Friday column for the Las Vegas Review Journal, and uh, I would suggest, uh, you know, if you, your, your listeners obviously are all horse racing fans, if they want to tab uh, my newspaper as a favorite, certainly on every Friday, it's LVRJ.com, which stands for Las Vegas Review Journal, and uh, just go to the sports section. But uh, I already sent my column in for Friday, which is my handicap of the race, and I'm not going to, you know, beat around the bush anymore. Here's here's my top four choices. I love the, this. We're the, getting it on winning ponies. This is fantastic. Rich Yang, give it to us. <laughs> you're the first, guys. You're, you and the listeners are the first to hear this because it's not in ink yet. But I'll go from fourth to first as far as the choices. Uh, my fourth choice uh, in the newspaper for the race is Hanson. And, uh, you know, I don't have to get into too many details about him. He's the champion juvenile. But I think he's uh, undervalued at 10 to 1. I mean, when you think about uh, Mike had a difficult job putting the morning line together. Four horses are even money, uh, not even money, single digits, and that includes the favorite Bodie Meister and Union Rags and um, uh, forgot the couple others uh, that are in single digits, the uh, gemologist, and and uh, so there's a, a fourth horse who's got single digit odds. But anyway, uh, yeah, Hanson at ten to one is is pretty good value, and you know the the, the way the the public uh, might bet, you never know. You might get a couple of ticks more. So if he's in the ten to twelve to one range, that, that's pretty good value on a horse who's done almost nothing wrong, and he was last year's champion. Yeah, and they have and, uh, the fourth. Yeah, you know, he's got speed. You know, I'm. You know, and a lot of people are questioning his distance, but certainly he's got class. And there's no reason to think that he can't hang around to to get the bottom of your super or try. Yeah, and you know, even though he's got a lot of ones, and there's a horse, a really fast sprinter called Trinniberg in the race. You know, people who think that some of these horses are going to go on a suicide mission with Trinniberg. You know, when I when I look at Hanson and some of his races, even though he's He's kind of a fast galloper in my mind. He's not like a speedball. He's like a fast galloper, and he's just naturally fast. And, you know, you get Ramon Dominguez, who's one of the best jockeys in the world and can get uh, almost any horse to, to rate and relax. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what he does with Hanson, if he can get this horse to just just sit a few lengths off uh, Trini Berg. And, you know, basically the most important thing is to get a mile and a quarter, John. As you well know, you have to get a horse to relax because you can't burn up your energy early. Well, who's Rich Ings number three, ladies and gentlemen? Drum roll. Okay. My third choice, and actually he, he hovered near the top, but uh, I ended up uh, dropping him down a, a couple notches, is uh, a California horse I really liked for a long time, and that's the eight creative cause. He's 12 to 1 in the morning line, and he's the horse who beat Bodie Meister. So, you know, if, if people think Bodie Meister is invincible, all i got to do is take a look at the San Felipe and this horse ran a huge race in the Santa Anita Derby. He lost a, a head bob to I'll Have Another, who drew uh, post-19. But uh, the creative cause, you know, if you look at the charts of the previous derbies, there's always horses who sit in the back and then make one run, and they run into the number. So creative cause is my most likely horse, in my mind, to be sitting probably early on, like 14, 15, 16, and Joel Rosario will just find a lane at the top of the stretch and just come motoring down. And uh, I, I think he has a, a real good chance to run into the number, if not win the race outright. All right, now we're easing into the bottom of the exacta, ladies and gentlemen. Again, live from the Las Vegas Review Journal, it's Rich Ng. Drum roll. This is the, this is the, the, the king that will wear the crown if for some reason the king doesn't want it. <laughs> well, my second choice in the newspaper will be the four. Union Rags, and you know this is a horse. Obviously, a lot of people like. 
Um, I know some detractors have pointed at the floor of the Derby and said that this horse was no good in there. Or nah, I just got too, too far back on a slow pace, I think. Yeah, this is this is a very nice horse, and I wouldn't uh, trade Leaper over any other jockey in the race when you think about all the things he's accomplished. I, I know he doesn't have you know triple crown notches on his belt yet, but it's only a matter of time. And who knows? This might be the year he gets his first triple crown notch. And uh, once once he gets the first one, there might be a flood of notches after that. But this is yeah, a well, very it, nice it horse. Area, Rich, I'll tell you, between Keeneland and Churchill, it's Julian Le Peru's world, and we're just living in it. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see how he how he does in New York. I'm, I'm sure he'll do well, but he's talked about uh, going to New York after uh, after the Derby. But uh, Union Rags is a nice horse in uh, tactical speed. He should be able to sit a, a beautiful trip. He's got a good post to four, and uh, uh, you know he'll just be one of the ones that is going to be firing late. Lapero always likes to save something for the end, and at a mile and a quarter, you definitely need something at the end. Okay, well, I want to see your top horses. I got a funny feeling it could be my favorite. Go ahead. <laughs> it could be your favorite. Well, one thing I didn't, one thing I, I said to myself was I was going to wait till the the post draw, and I didn't want to take a horse that was so obvious. And uh, I, I went for a horse who I actually liked very much in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile last year. He, he didn't run the race that I was hoping for, but you know, I loved his pedigree. And he's come back as a three-year-old to, to run two very good races, and he's a juicy fifteen to one, John. It's the number three horse, Take Charge Indy. From oh Patrick well, it, that, that's not my horse, but I'll tell you what—I spent some time with this horse today. He is one cool customer. Oh, good. That's very good. Yeah, there's a lot of positives. I mean, the Patrick is really taking his time with this horse. Uh, he just has the two races in 2012 coming in. Uh, the Florida Derby has a great history, a rich history of, of a lot of its winners and a lot of its participants run well in the Kentucky Derby. You look at the jockey, a fellow named Calvin Burrell, he's won three Kentucky Derbies. And when I saw the draw of number three, uh, I thought it was perfect for Calvin because the two horses inside of him do not have any speed. Exactly. So Calvin should be able to get to the rail very yeah. easy. And it's just a matter of where he can spot this horse. Yeah, exactly. It could be history repeating itself. Well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Winning Ponies listeners, you got it uh, from the sports writer's mouth. Uh, Rich Ng from the Las Vegas Review Journal. Uh, one more time, Rich, before I let you go, I'm up against a break. Where can people find your writing? Uh, yeah, I, I handicap Southern California races every day that they run and also my columns every Friday, but just go to LVRJ. Dot com and just go to the sports section. You can get my selections on a daily basis, my column every Friday, and uh, that would be great. I'd love to hear feedback from your listeners, Jen. Well, Rich, uh, I'm glad you're doing great there out in Vegas, but i got to be honest with you, I miss kind of hanging out with you at the racetracks here in uh, the southern Ohio, uh, central Kentucky region. Well, I, I, I tell you what, there's a, there's a lot of people from that neck of the woods that came out here at, at one juncture. Remember, Newport and Covington were real hotbeds for gambling. There's a lot of people with that history who came out here to Vegas in the 60s and 70s. And you are one of them, and, and, and a great individual, in addition to being a great writer and handicap. Uh, Rich Eng from the Las Vegas Review-Journal, thanks so much for joining us on Winning Ponies. Thanks, John, and uh, good luck to all your listeners betting the Derby and the Oaks this weekend. The most important thing is make some money. You got it, and remember, whenever you go to the track, practice safe bets. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Riching coming up next. 
steady Eddie Meyer will be with us. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back to break down the Oaks and the Derby with steady Eddie Meyer. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. School to the pros, we, we cover, everything. cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and back with me, a guy who's a real winner himself, as a matter of fact, he used to sit in this chair. Of course, this chair today is located under the Twin Spires at Churchill Downs, the former host of Winning Ponies, the one, the only, the man I admire, admire. Steady Eddie, how you doing? Hello, John. How are you? I'm great. I'm excited. Uh, you know me. I, I get up. Uh, you know, I'm kind of pumped up when I got my camera with me, and I was there at the uh, the. Crack of dawn, no wise cracks there, buddy. I was just going to say, <laughs> no <that>. wise cracks. <laughs> um, at, 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 here at Churchill today, and uh, it was just beautiful. I mean, uh, the the sun was out. I'm, sh- you know, it obviously got warmer here in the afternoon, but it, it, to watch the works, a lot of times you're bundled up and everything, and it was just great. It was like being on a summer beach, watching these horses go by. Uh, everybody looked great. It was really upbeat. There was actually a big crowd of spectators there, and uh, I'm just. Lapping it up, steady Eddie. That's all I can say, you know. And we're we're headed into you know America's weekend of racing, you know. Uh, on St. Patrick's Day, everybody's Irish. On Derby Day, everybody's a horse lover. I agree. I think Aunt Millie and Aunt Sadie, well, they've all got to do on something. And uh, and what a what a weekend for it. The only thing that may damper it a bit is uh, the weather. Uh, from everything that I'm reading, it looks like uh, we're talking scattered thunderstorms and chances of rain, John. Yeah, uh, they announced here earlier 40% chance, I believe, on both Oaks and Derby Day. So hopefully that 40% will happen in the morning or sometime after 645. Well, the best part about it on the easy win forms, if you handicap for fast, you can actually change it up to wet, fast, sloppy, good, whatever have you, so you get a whole new shot right there. So I, I say give that a check and the weather site on Winning Ponies uh, right before you start handicapping. But, John, I'm already, I'm already leaning towards the wet side and going in. Are, are you really? i I got to be yeah. honest with you. I hadn't factored that in because, like a moron, I went up on the Weather Channel earlier this week, and it was supposed to be beautiful. 
Mm-hmm. So I, you know, really didn't get that in my mindset. And then just like in the last 24, 48 hours, it was like it went from a 10% chance to a 20% chance. And now here in Louisville, they're announcing 40. I, I'm, I'm trying to plan ahead. Day one for me is going to be a scouting mission to actually prepare for Derby Day, see where it lays. I'm looking at the weather report, and I would have to say it's going to start. They have a wonderful track crew at Churchill. It's going to start off good, or, or excuse me, fast, and maybe it'll be wet fast. But, but I think they'll do an exceptional job. Well, you know. I, I hope it doesn't in any way affect the outcome of the, of the race too much because Chuck and Derby now, we'll get to Oaks in, in, in a minute or two, but, you know, as, as I spoke to both uh, Jenny Reese and, and Rich Ng, this is fantastic to see this many top two-year-olds return to a consistent form as three-year-olds. I mean, we could have one heck of a season in front of us. Oh, this is super. From a handicapper standpoint, this is the buffet that you awaited for in all your life. John, there's eight or nine runners in here. As, as with every single race from a claimer to, to the Derby, there's eight or nine runners in here that are live, and depending on now the weather, it even throws one more kink in the machine. It does that, and then, of course, you've got uh, uh, horses uh, that uh, ex- excel on different uh, synthetic surfaces. You don't know how they're going to react to it. Uh, it's, it's the X factor. A lot of questions are going to be answered. The old Apollo 1882 synthetic. I, you know, we've been knocking these off year after year, and I think maybe people put a little too much weight in them, but it is a nice guideline to kind of follow there. As I, I was catching part of uh, you and Rich uh, squaring up and, and heard his call, and, and I think that's weather-related. Well, we will find out. As a matter of fact, he didn't even mention the horse uh, who's, who's my favorite that I will unveil to you before, before we leave here shortly. But uh, I'm really, we're having too much fun here. We're coming up against the clock. If we got time to do the Oaks, we'll do the Oaks. But right now, Ed, break down the derby for me. John, coming in, I, I love Union Rags. I fell in love on November 5th in the Juvenile. This is a monster. One for one at Churchill on the money. You've got to love it. I'm going to toss out the Florida Derby. I think Team Matt's has been looking for three off of the layoff, which for years handicapping together has been a big part of my repertoire as a handicapper. Also, decently bred enough for the off-going, solid as they come. I love Union Rags at 9-2, and Leipru tweeted, tweeted to the public that you can expect a little better ride. Yes, yes, he did. He, he was kind of mad about some of the heat he took, and uh, quite frankly, I think he just got lulled into a pretty, you know, some slow fractions there, and uh, it was too little too late, but he's a gorgeous horse. I can tell you that from watching him go today. Um, well, all right, that's, that's your top horse. Let's, let's move down the trifecta rankings here, Ed. It's, it's real. And it was from the grade three spiral. It's like deja vu all over again. Grand Motion, Johnny Velasquez with Went the Day Well. And early accounts in the week, I heard that uh, looking good, looking fine. This is a lightly race called by Proud Citizen. Getting the blinkers on, which usually goes against my grade this late in the game, John. But this is a lightly race colt in great hands. And Grand Motion is a throwback to old horsemanship and patience. And you know what? Those blinkers aren't really exaggerated. If they're the ones that he went in today, they're just kind of, uh, you know, about, about two fingers worth. And I think just to kind of maybe keep him just a little more focused. Oh, I mean, anything to actually get him to settle down. The weather's going to be a factor. It's going to be humid. It's going to be hot. The crowd, a lightly race cold. Went the day well as my second choice. I'm rounding out my try, and I know I'm going to bet a 
dollar on this one. Gemologist is your top horse, six to one. Javier Castellano, who's a rising star for the Todd Squad, Todd Pletcher. Two for two at Churchill with wins, your favorite angle. A horse for the course there. Exit the wood. Wow, was that a game race. John, I'm going to end out with the 15, which is no problem with that post, Gemologist. Well, what can I say, Ed? You you are a uh, soothsayer sayer and a mind reader. Um, as you know, my my brother Bob used to be assigned the uh, the job of writing the, the the family Christmas card, and and every year he would have to give out his Derby pick. I will now for you recite the Derby pick now that Bob's no longer with us that I wrote to my family. Here you go. I hope you are all happy and enjoying Christmas cheer. Here's my stocking stuffer of derby horses for next year. Hanson, he is handsome, and he won the Breeders' Cup, but the distance of the derby may prove to be too much. Union Rag should be the one to beat if Michael Matz has him cooking. He's bred to go the distance, and man, is he good-looking. But Santa has another horse that may be a price on the top of his list, wearing the roses on Derby Day, will be a cult named Gemologist. Merry Christmas. Love it. Love it. That was tremendous. The poet laureate of horse racing. I love it, John. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, uh, you, you know how people say, oh, I, was, I love this horse, I love this horse, but then I changed my mind. I'm not changing my mind. I am not. I'm sticking with him. You know, I, I, people tend to overlook the fact that he is undefeated he is two for two at Churchill, and he's won on a wet track, steady Eddie. I'm putting gemologists on time for uh, on top. For some reason, it seems like people have you know just you know fallen in love with these other horses, and I love it. Maybe I'll get ten to one. I'm not sure. Well, you know, you know Matt Widener. I know Matt Widener. He's looking at me right now, and he's going, uh, John. You got less than a minute. Close this bad boy out. So, it's the uh, it's the Kentucky Derby edition uh, of WinningPonies.com, and with me the, the the former man that used to drive this uh, this this bad boy and did such a fantastic job. Uh, my main man, Ed Meyer. Steady Eddie, thanks for being with me. I I, I wish you the best of luck, and uh, hopefully one of us will come home with a winner. John, thanks so much for having me on. Best of luck to everyone. Enjoy Derby Day 138. All right. That's Ed Meyer, ladies and gentlemen. I need to thank him and Rich Ng and, of course, Jenny Reese for joining us tonight. So uh, from the shadows of the Twin Spires here in Louisville, where it's not raining now, it could be raining Oaks and Derby Day, I'm going to say goodbye to you, everybody. Remember, when you bet the Oaks or the Derby, bet with your head, not over it. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.